find Elizabeth. Mary, uh, and don't worry, I'm going to shorten this. Mary goes, uh, at the time that Mary goes to speak to Joseph to tell him something that is just so crazy that I'm quite sure she was quite nervous. Joseph could have had Mary killed back in those days because when you were engaged to be married, uh, that meant that you were actually married. And therefore, to have been caught in adultery during the engagement period, actually to have premarital sex during the engagement period was to consider to be an adulteress, which means that back in those days, they would stone you to death. And the point I'm making is that Mary risked her life for the purpose of God. Mm. So when she, when she finally lets Joseph know that she's pregnant, when she finally lets Joseph know that he's pregnant, that she's pregnant, uh, she is three months pregnant. Uh, during those, and you may say, how do you get that? Remember, when she receives the word, the angel says, go and visit your cousin Elizabeth. And Elizabeth will be a confirmation that you heard from me. Mary stays with Elizabeth for three months. Now, she may have been staying with Elizabeth to kind of uh, support her. As we know, Elizabeth was an, was an older woman. She was probably in her 60s. Mary, at this time, is probably somewhere between 12 and 16 years old. I imagine when she first received the word, she was like, oh, this is nice, you know, that I received no, I'm going to have this baby. And maybe there's a part of her that's saying, okay, I believe it, but how's, I'm not even sure if this is really happening. So during those three months while she's with Elizabeth, <clears throat> she all of a sudden finds herself getting morning sickness. And as the three months is going by, she all of a sudden realizes that her stomach is getting bigger. And at that point, she probably said, this is for real. I, I, I really am pregnant, and I, I, need, I need to talk to Joseph before I show any more, because I know I'm pregnant now. Are you with me so far? <clears throat> so what I find, I believe that during those three months, Mary is getting her mind transformed. 
I believe that, as I said before, that we're ta- when we talk about Acts chapter 2, verse 42, and it says, and, and uh, Pastor Lydia said this very powerfully, there's something about making sure that, um, that you belong to, a, to the right fellowship. To the right fellowship. And it can, if you can fix this feedback because it's getting a little bit distracted. Um, there's something about being a part of the right fellowship. And we were saying that fellowship is two fellows in a ship. And we said that there are, <clears throat> and we're trying to get you ready for 2017. 2017 is our 90th church anniversary. Amen. Especially when we didn't think we were going to make it to 70. It's our 90th church anniversary, and God is going to do some wonderful things. I, the Lord put the theme on my heart, and you're going to be really excited about this, but I got to prepare you to know that what kind of ship we are. We said a few weeks ago that there are three kinds of ships. There are more, but there is what do we call the cruise ship, <clears throat> which is kind of what we just experienced a few moments ago. Everybody's dancing. You know, everybody's getting down. Everybody's high-fiving. But how many of you know that the the church, living the Christian life is not a long high-five? Now, sometimes you've got to deal with some real heavy stuff. So the church, or this church, is not a cruise ship. And then we said there's a ferry ship. That is, some people come here just to get from point A to point B. I came here. I didn't even want to come to Boston, but this church kind of helps me get through Boston. And so it's the ferry ship from, you know, uh, 2013 to 2017. And when I graduate, it's hit the road, Jack. Don't want to see you again. Okay, if you you like that about Boston, don't say amen too loud. Just kind of... Just kind of going, okay? And then we said, but PT is not a cruise ship. PT is not a ferry ship. PT is a Viking ship. A Viking ship. And a Viking ship is, is, is a ship where the rowers are also the warriors. The rowers, you know, we go to the destination and then we grab our sword and we grab our weaponry and we take territory for the kingdom are you with me so far and and so we we said that mary when she found out that she was pregnant that when we we talked about when you look at a, a movie with rowers they they row by three speeds and that's why our theme is faster so there's three speeds there is battle speed there's attack speed, and then there's ramming speed. So we talked last week about Mary. Once she found out that, wow, I am pregnant with God and that the whole world is depending on me to carry forth my purpose, just like there's a world that's depending on you to carry forth your purpose, which means that for some of you, you can't drop out of that school no matter how much you want to leave because the purpose of God, you're pregnant with purpose and God is depending upon you to produce his baby because it wasn't your idea to come to Boston in the first place. Turn your name and say, he's talking about you right now. 
So now you are pregnant and you have a purpose and now you realize this, there's something I have to fight for. Now Mary, she goes from battle speed to attack speed. The word attack it, it is derived, it, it's derivative of the word attack. The etymology word attack means to join the battle. Now I realize what I have a word. Now I'm going to, to, I know I'm going to be in a battle, but now I got to join the battle. This word attack means to attach. In other words, when God puts a purpose in your heart, you now attach yourself to the purpose to the point that you are identified by what you're producing, which came from God. In other words, this, when the Lord spoke to us and said, I am going to fill well, not this church, the other church, which was smaller, when God said, I'm going to fill this church, and as uh, Pastor Lydia said, no, I mean, just about everybody had a pew to themselves, and, and, you're, and you wonder, well, God, are you really going to do this? But God said, okay, if, if you will attach yourself to the purpose, that means that if I, mm, that means that if I don't fulfill my promise, you will go down with the ship. See, some of you, you say you heard from God, but the proof is, are you willing to go down with what you heard? Mm. I remember when the Lord called me, I, 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 I was uh, uh, working as a budget analyst, and, and for, thir for 13 years at Cambridge Hospital, making pretty good money, health insurance, and, and, and finally I left my job. The Lord told me, leave your job. I walked into my boss's office, and I gave him my resignation in January for July. And he said to me, why are you giving this so early? How many of you, when you heard from God, it's like you got a shot of Holy Ghost steroids, and you're like, I heard from God. And nobody, oh, 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 I heard from God. And after about a month or so, it goes from, I heard from God to, I heard from God? Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? And then, and then a year goes by, and you're like, did I hear from God? Can I get a witness? And then three years go by, you say, am I a Christian? Can I, come on, folks. This is for real, for real. So I knew that when the word came to me, I was at the height of my faith. So I said, let me tell this man now, because when July comes and I realized the church hadn't promised me a salary and I have two children and I have no health insurance, I'm going to, I don't even need the devil to say, are you crazy? I will say, am I crazy? Can I get a witness out there? But you got to be willing to go down, attach yourself to the promise, to the dream so much that you're willing to die for it. You're willing to say, you know what? I'm just going to die for it. And I remember sitting, if you ever been to PT South, you know where the drums are? Okay, my office was behind the drums. Okay, okay, PT North, PT North. Okay, so I'm sitting in this in this office, okay, and there is no windows that open. No windows that open. 
no air conditioner, and it is July. Yeah. And thank God for Sister Debbie and Elder Ken, because in their mercy, they purchased a ceiling fan so that I can get a little breeze. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. This is heavy. See, see, there are no corresponding courses. There are no online courses on faith. Okay, 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 okay. There, there, there are no video games on faith. Okay. I don't care how many bang, bang, shoot em up games you watch. Ain't nothing, you know. That, that, that's a game. That's not, that's not real life, okay? Uh, that you, you can't take, you, you can't have your little video games of Wii and you're in the water and you're like, oh, I'm swimming. No, you're not swimming. You're just swinging your arms. <laughs> Get thrown in the water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that's when you find out if, if you have the real deal. Are you with me? So, so the, Lord, the Lord says this to me. He says, Brian. I said, yes, sir, because I have vision of mega church. I have visions of, you know, my name's going to be, you know, BG Jakes. Okay. Back then, I was, just, I was like, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. I mean, I, I was, shoot, I was looking for my organist to hire so I can really, I mean, I'm, and the Lord says to me, Brian, I said, yes, sir. He said, what if? What if the church doesn't grow to any bigger than it is now? Now, part of me was like, you made me leave my job for this. And this is what he said. He said, watch this. He said, would you do it? simply because I asked you. Some of you, this is heavy now, some of you love your dream more than you love Jesus. We, we, we have fallen in love with the promise and not the promiser. So when the promiser decides to put us on a little detour called Potiphar's house. When he puts us on a little detour called prison, most of us are ready to bail on God. And that's why you got to find an Elizabeth. Because Elizabeth has been through some stuff. And Elizabeth will help you get your mind set. See, I've discovered when I was growing up and they used to talk about the armor of God, I used to think, well, you know, the helmet of salvation, meaning that once I get saved, I get a helmet that protects my salvation. I discovered that it doesn't simply mean that because the word salvation means deliverance. And when you come to Jesus Christ, you got to get your mind delivered. Because <laughs> mm. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, that's who he is. 
You want to know, you see somebody say, boy, they got issues. Ooh, they got issues. You know what it says? Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, guard your heart with all diligence because out of your heart flows your issues. If you have issues, that means you have heart problems. Paul says, if you're going to prove that God's will is good, acceptable, and perfect, you have to have, or we have to have our minds transformed. It is not by mistake that when Jesus was on the cross, or actually before he got on the cross, the Bible says that the Romans took a, a, uh, a crown of thorns, are you with me? And they rammed it on his head and blood was pouring down from his head. You know why? Because Hebrews, I think it's chapter 9, verse 14, says that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us and the word cleanse means frees our conscience from dead works so that we can serve God the reason why we can't serve God is because our minds are still bound by dead works and that's why we need our minds set free Mm. what do you mean bishop for example the word of God says tithe it's quiet in this Pentecostal church It says, give 10% of your income to the Lord. Mm. It's quiet in here. And then the question is, well, is that net or gross? Well, let me answer that question with this question. Does the government take net or gross? Mm -hmm. It was quiet in here now. What happened to? He says, bring the tithe into the storehouse and put me to the test. See, it's why you, you can't take correspondence courses in online. There's no online courses on tithing. You just got to tithe. Elizabeth will teach you how to tithe. As I said to you before, my mom, she used to have this envelope where she would put her tithes in it. And back then, you know, no one carries cash around now, but back then she had this envelope with a whole lot of cash. And it used to say in big letters, God's money. I say, Mom, you know, I need to go out and, you know, I want to go to the restaurant, blah, blah, blah. And can I borrow some money? I'm going to get paid. And she says, okay, go and um, just take it out of God's money and put it back. There is something about taking money out of an envelope that says God's money. Mm -hmm. And then Mother Cummings, while I'm taking the money out of God's money, there's the rest of Malachi that says, you know, you stole from me. I'm going to jack you up. And so sometimes I I was I was almost ready I if I took out 20 sometimes I would put I want to put back 22 dollars just to say God you know me me and you're cool right don't mess me and you're cool (laughs) there's this there's this thing in us that our mind our minds need to be delivered because our mind is saying how can God watch this make 90 percent more than a hundred percent. 
In other words, God, how was it that if I receive 10 and give you back one, you will give me back 12, 13, 14? That makes no sense. See, tithing, folks, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, God doesn't need your money. Okay, you, you need to understand, God doesn't need your money. I, you hear me? God doesn't need, look, folks, when, 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 when the ghetto neighborhood, are you with me? When the ghetto neighborhood in your country has streets made of gold, they don't need your money. I'll say that again. When the streets where God is lit are made of gold, he doesn't need your money. So then, why should I give? Because God knows how much money is important to you. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 20, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. I don't care how much you say you love Jesus, I'm going to look at your checkbook. I take that back. Most of you don't have checkbooks. I'll look at your bank account. Mmm. Mmm. Turn your name and say, neighbor. This week, look at your bank account. Look at the last two months' transactions. And ask yourself one question. You see, the reason why I'm telling you to say this to your neighbor because I want you mad at me. Ask yourself one question. How much does your bank account say you love God? You can't love God and come in here every week and put a dollar in the offering. Folks, you can't even buy a Snickers bar for a dollar. I knew it, you preachers are always after my money. We don't need your money. No, we don't need your money. We don't need your money. But guess what? You need to be blessed. And if this is not your church, then you need, if you're a first-time giver, you need, you need to be given to your church. I don't know. Why am I parked here, honey? I don't know. There's a holy, I don't know. This is the Holy Ghost. And I know some, some people say, oh, that means the church is in trouble, folks. We are so far out of trouble, it's, it's frightening. The reason why this church is blessed is because we give one-tenth of everything we receive to other ministries. <laughs> We're about to give... Every police officer in the city of Cambridge, $10 gift, gift certificate just to say, gift card, just to say, thank you. What are you giving us? Just thank you. What do you want as a church? We don't want anything. Just thank you. Folks. You, you, you got to... You have to, what Mary will do is Mary will help you to have purpose 
in your heart. Because Mary has, Mary helps you to get your mind set. Elizabeth, yes, sir. Thank you. Elizabeth helped you to get your mind set. I had a long night last night. Uh, uh, and remind me, we need to pray. Some of you heard about the big fire in Cambridge. If you need to Google the bad fire, about 60 to 70 people have been dis, um, mis displaced from their home. And as a chaplain, I was involved in that, and it was just bad. But anyways, so pray for me. But Mary, Mary, Elizabeth, helped Mary get her mind setting. Her mind setting. Let me, let me hurry on because I'm... Most of you have cell phones, and sometimes you can put it on a setting. So, for example, I have this phone on a setting, and the setting is portrait, which means that no matter how I turn this, it's not going to move based on how I turn it. It's going to still maintain its same view. And what, Mary, what Elizabeth does is helps Mary to get her mind so set that no matter how much the devil turns your life upside down, you still stay the same. And if you're going to go into battle for purpose, you have got to have the helmet of salvation and every day say, God, keep my mind on you. That's why the Bible says, are you with me? And, and it starts off in Psalms says, the righteous man meditates in God's word day and night. Why? So that he can keep his settings. And the reason why many of us, we, we, no, we go, we, we, just go through all sorts of changes based on the weather and the season is because we don't have a Mary in our life who can steady us and say, you know what? You're just going to have to go through this, but I will carry you through this because your purpose is important to me. So the question is, who's your Mary? I mean, Elizabeth, who's your Elizabeth? Find your Elizabeth. Three things I'm closing here. Three things that will influence and reveal your mindset. Because next year, God is going to do some things, and the enemy, I really believe that for some of you, the enemy is hitting you hard because what God has in store for you when you cross the goal line into next year. So the enemy is hitting you, as I said last week, he's hitting you like crazy because he wants you to fumble the purpose. Am I talking to anybody who's been hit hard this year? You know, like, you're like, you know, what in the world is going on? It's the devil understands I can't let you score with your purpose. So there's three things that will influence or reveal your mindset. Number one, crisis. Crisis will really influence where your mind is really set. A death, a lost job, a flunked exam, a breakup of a boyfriend or girlfriend, 
crisis. You can read the text about Saul, how in the middle of crisis, he lost the kingdom because, because when crisis came, he disobeyed God. You can read it in 1 Samuel chapter uh, 13, verses 8 to 14. He got replaced. I remember the Lord saying to me, Brian, if you leave Pentecostal Tabernacle, I said, watch this, the word was, listen to this, this is, that's why you gotta listen to the prophetic word. The word was, I am going to fill this building to the wall bulges. That was the word. It wasn't, I was gonna fill the church to the walls bulges through you. Which meant, he said, if you leave, I'm going to do it through somebody else. And knowing that I probably wasn't going to leave this area, my, the thing that scared the, the life out of me was what would happen if I left and I came back to all this and I'm sitting, and I'm sitting in the audience with all you people and I'm looking and the Lord says to me, that should have been you. You see, that, that should have been you. But you, when crisis came, you jumped ship. When crisis came, you quit the job. I was about ready to quit my job because I was so angry. They weren't treating me fair. And the Lord says, stay. As a result of my staying, and it's only his grace, the reason why we have a Stevens ministry, saw that announcement, is because a woman, three years after I was going to quit the job, walked into my office and said to me, I hear you going to pastor. I want you to know that my father was a pastor and he molested me and my sisters in the church. And that's why I have a hard time even calling God my pastor, my father. And then two months later, we were singing, I went to the enemy's camp and took back what he stole from me. And guess who walked into our church? That woman. And she started Stephen's ministry in our church. You have no idea who God will use you to touch if you don't jump ship. Why do you think the devil's trying to kick you out of that job so much? Because somebody's going to come to Christ through you. Character. Character will influence and reveal your mindset. And we know about Job's wife. Job says, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Uh, Lord, gives, Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. But, but um, his wife says, curse God and die. My mentor, uh, Bishop Ezra Williams, used to say this, Christians are like tea bags. The hotter the water, 
mm, the more the flavor will come out. You want to tell whether a, you want to tell whether a brother, a man is saved or not. I'm gonna give you. This is how you can tell whether a man is saved or not. Play sports with him. Anybody here play any sports? Anybody? You find out who's saved in the heat of battle. Mm-hmm. 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 I mean, I, I played in a Christian league. And all of a sudden, an elbow comes, and next thing you know, uh, you hear a four-letter word, and it's not Lord. I know that doesn't happen to you. But you'd be surprised what comes out of people when the water gets hot. Now I got good news for some of you. You're not going to like this, but I got good news for you. This is good news. This is good news. You're not going to like it, but this is good news. You're not going to like it, but this is good news. How many of you like tea? Okay, it's, it's all right. You're like, is this a trick question? No. How many like tea? You like tea? Good, good, good. And how many of you like your tea strong? Now that, you know, you want to really taste the flavor, right? You don't want watery tea, right? 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 Guess what? That's God. He's put you in hot water. And he's left you there. And as you praise him, he's like, oh, leave him there a little longer. You, you didn't like that, did you? Because the praise, cause the praise gets stronger. Because some of you, you've been in your situation so long, you might as well stay there. Look, folks, if you've been waiting on God for 10 years, why, why leave now? Somebody, some, the Lord's trying to bless somebody through this word. And then finally, and finally, and we'll pray. Your mind gets set through crisis. Your mind can get set through character and your mind can get set through company. Mm. Mm. Who you hang around? Mm. See, you can play this game. These are my Christian friends, these are my church friends, and these are my, 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 you, you think you can compartmentalize your life. I said this before and I'll say it again, it just, it grieves my heart. Around the same time, Elder Troy came to the church. It was Elder Troy and then there's another young man. They were both my Sunday school students. And you need to let Elder Troy tell you his story. You talk about if any man be in Christ is a new creation. I, I couldn't believe the number of things that happened in his life between Sunday school and you know, late 20s, early 30s. But the thing about Elder Troy, which is why he is what he is right now, I remember at the time, and I don't think he minds saying this, when he came to church, he and Joyce were living together. 
And when he got saved, he, he decided, you know what? I'm, a, I'm saved for real, so we're going to get married in about three months. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to sleep on the floor. And no, we are, we are upstating. To, I mean, he was in it to win it. And now, and, and he, st and see, I tell you, that's why I'm so proud of this man. And, and as I said, he was my Sunday school student. And at the time, he was like, God, God, you know, God just blessed me. I just need you know, a job. And God blessed him with a job. He was just, he was just a, a mechanic working at the T. And by the time God, God got finished with him, he made a deal with God. He made a deal with God. He said, God, if you just help me to get my daughter through college, then you have me. God took him from just being a maintenance man to running all about 500 buses. The buses that you take, he used to be over all of that. And see, this is what the devil did. This is what the devil did. After his daughter graduated, they, gave, they said, hey, we want to give you another promotion. More money. And some of you will say, oh, this is God. God said, no, no, no. Troy said, no, no, I made a deal with God. And that's why he's working at the church right now. That's one track. Another track is at the same time, one of my guys, he came back to the Lord. Uh, he had been in jail once or twice or whatnot, came back to the Lord, had his mindset, but he was hanging around with some bad guys. They go to a party. His friend gets in a fight. Of course, that's my boy. He jumps in to help his friend. The other guy who was fighting his friend pulls out a knife. He grabs the knife, stabs the guy, kills him, and now he's serving life in prison. The only reason he's in prison is because of who he hung out with. Tell your neighbor who you're hanging out with. Young girl, you better stop hanging out with your unsaved boyfriend. I'm trying to live holy, and we, we just, you know, we just seem to find ourselves. I mean, we start watching television, and then after I find myself. I mean, you know, we're just playing Monopoly, and then I find myself. Or sometimes I find myself. You find yourself? How about finding yourself without him? Can live without him. Some of them are like, I can't believe he said that. See, before, before. Before you used to be able to like skirt around it and say you get it, but now you all you got to come right like direct. I'm trying to help you. He doesn't love God. So get rid of him. Well, you don't understand. She goes to church. They told me this, just because I'm in a garage doesn't mean I'm a mechanic. 
Just because he goes to church doesn't mean he loves Jesus. How do you know that? Here's a test. I'm going to give you a beautiful test. When a guy says to you he goes to church, ask him to do one thing. What's that? Ask him, ask him to pray. Because most of the time, it'll be like, uh, hey, God, uh, uh, this is Bob, and I live at uh, 145 Smith Street. And um, no, I, I thank you for the food on my table and uh, clothes on my back, and, uh, and uh, amen. Turn in and say, he's trying to help you. This is one of the best stories, one of the most frightening stories I ever heard, and I'll close with this. Well, one more, and I'll close with this after. I was listening to a sports show, and the announcer said something that was like, wow. Many of you have heard, uh, how many have ever, um, how many watch some of the ESPN shows 20 for 20? 20 for 20, and they had one called Broke, I think, and they said that 60% of all professional athletes end up broke five years after they get out of the sport. Are, are you with me? Are you with me? And, and a lot of it is because of who they hang out with. Are you with me so far? So this one athlete who, uh, well, the, the sportscaster said, I, I won't name the athlete, but a prominent athlete, and his boys from the name, you know, they're trying to be true. This is my boy, and trying to be true. And, and anyways, his boy kept getting in trouble. Are you with me? And the only reason they cared about his boy getting in trouble because people would attach his name to his boy. So this athlete, last time, this blew my mind, he filled a bag with about $200,000 in cash, went to the jail, bailed his boy out, gave him the cash, and said, I don't ever want to see you again. He paid him to get out of his life. Some of you need to get some folks out of your life because, let me see, come here. You might as well, you might as well earn. Oh, you have your shoes off? That's all right. Come on, Jeff. Because, because every time you're trying to make progress, you got friends that keep pulling you back. They keep pulling you back. You're making progress and they keep pulling you back. Okay? Okay? I never did this before, but how many of you have friends like that? Raise your hand. They know you're saved and they keep trying to pull you back. I'm not, you may have to, and I know some of you, I know some of you are afraid to raise your hand, but that's all right. You need to, you need to cut them loose. Because those friends will blow up your purpose. You need to find some Elizabeths. You need to find some Elizabeths. You need to find some Elizabeth. Yes. 
whether you want or not. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta find some Elizabeths. You gotta find some Elizabeths. You need to find some Elizabeths. And guess what? You don't have to be that old to be an Elizabeth. Oh, good to see you. And Elizabeth doesn't have to be a woman. What do you mean? There's another scripture that's up there. Yeah, no, it's up there. There's one more scripture. There's a, a man named Jehoiada. Uh, right there, Jehoiada. Second Kings chapter 12, verse 2. One of the saddest scriptures in the, in, in the Bible. It says, Jehoash was a godly king, and he remained godly as long as Jehoiada was alive. Once Jehoiada died, that king went off the rails. There are some people that God says you need to keep hooked up with this person because if you cut them loose, you're going to go off the rail. See, this is a Jehoiada. See this guy, Uncle Leon? He's a Jehoiada. Okay, okay, okay. And, and, and my point is, is that, and see, stand up, Denver. See, you're going to be a Jehoiada. Oh, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. In this case, in case you think you have to be old, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jehoiada right there. Jehoiada right there. There's, there's a number of you. Je Come on, Pastor, stand up. Come on, Pastor. Jehoiada, see, 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 see. This is my point. This is my point. You don't have to. You don't have to look hard for the Jehoiada. Even when you don't see the Jehoiada, Austin, stand up. Jehoiada, Jehoiada, Jehoiada. Jehoida. Sandra, stand up. People don't even know who you are. That's a woman of God. Jehoida. See, I'm pointing them out to you so you don't have to, where's the Jehoida? Where's, where's Elizabeth? Where's Elizabeth? I pointed them out to you. Even when they sit in the back. Elena, stand up. You see? You see? You see? You need to find these people. You need to find these people. You need to find these people when you find them. We were at prayer, and grown woman, almost 50. In fact, two grown women cracked me up. Professionals, doctors, lawyers. After morning prayer, grown woman, Mother Green. <laughs> and we're like, like, what are you sitting on a lap for? And, and one of them says, Doctor, sitting on Mother Green's lap is therapeutic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Come over here. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, she, she's, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, this is Mother Green's spiritual granddaughter. You can sit on her lap. See, now the beautiful thing about this, when you get this close, you get, to, you get to catch the disease. You catch the virus. Thank you, thank you. And you know, sure enough, she's an Elizabeth. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Thank you, Jesus.
get your mind delivered. Part of your deliverance is hanging out 